0: Hey, deserving listeners, it's just me today. I want to talk about a patron who wrote in. He wants some advice about the fact that he is very uh, disengaged from his parents. He has been shutting his father out, and he, he would like to talk about it, and he'd also like some advice about that. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about his situation. We're going to talk about families and relationships with parents and all that kind of stuff. This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist and a professor. The patron writes in and says, Dr. Honda, I would like to ask you about something. A few years ago, when I was 22, my parents divorced and I tried my best to remain cordial with them. My, my mother and I have a rocky but stable relationship, but I'm still very bitter and resentful toward my father. He was the one who initiated the divorce, and my life took a nosedive afterward because they couldn't provide financial support anymore. Looking back at my childhood, I feel like we were never a family, just four people living in the same house. They weren't abusive in any way, they put a roof over my head, fed me dinner, etc. But there was never an emotional connection. My parents fought a lot, but it was never it was never, a blatant, it was never blatant or aggressive. But they did fight a lot. It was more like subtle jabs at one another. So at the end of my senior year of college, which also coincided with my brother's first year in college, they filed for divorce. I was in school at the time and was pretty much out of money. I had no other choice but to move home. I had to witness my parents fighting all the time. I just hid in my room and played video games. I had a lot of trouble finding consistent work at the time. It was really depressing. I think my father finally realized the error of his ways and would visit me every now and then and give me some money to help with rent and stuff like that. A lot of my friends were very busy with their own lives and their careers, and Those that did reach out, it was brief. I was very isolated from my friends. In the end, frustration and anger just chipped away at who I was, and then I just altogether stopped responding to my dad's texts and emails. Then one day, he asked if I was okay and if I was receiving his messages. I finally exploded on him and blamed him for everything bad that had happened in the last two years of my life, and I told him I did not want to see him again. I forgot what I said exactly, but I do recall his responses being genuinely surprised and dumbfounded by it all. I am now couch surfing with my grandmother now. Every now and then he texts me on holidays. I usually do not respond. Every four months months or so, I will send an angry and frustrated text to him. He tries to apologize just without saying what he's sorry for. End of email. All right, well, let's summarize what you're saying. You're saying that when you were growing up, your family was very distant. You had a brother and two parents, and the four of you were distant. And you also tell me that there was ongoing tension in your parents' marriage as you were growing up. You also told me that your parents waited until both of the boys were out of the house before they divorced, and then they divorced. all. You also seem to be saying that the parents were supporting you financially while you were in school, and upon being divorced, they couldn't afford to support you anymore, which made it so that you ended up couch-serving, essentially. And your life took a downturn, your friends drifted away, and you blamed your father for the turn in your life, for the, nose, for the downturn in your life. And you cut off your father, you disengage with him. So first off, I'll just say, it's clear, patron, that you are suffering. And I can hear it. You, you feel demoralized. You feel like there's no hope. You feel isolated. Your friends aren't responding to you. You, f- you feel like your parents aren't helping. And you're lacking in confidence, it seems, about getting a job. Having a fulfilling career, and I can hear that, and that's that's uh, that's a struggle and i I respect that. I acknowledge that, and I hear it and that's real and and I'll get into more later in terms of what you might be able to do to to uh, reverse the trend. But I just want to tell you what my hypothesis is based on what you're saying because I think it might help. And also before going into this hypothesis, I have to say I have no idea really who you are and if I really got to know you and your family, my hypotheses would be much more sound and based on actual data. So, but but I feel like I feel compelled to just hypothesize a little bit here cuz cuz I think it might help. My hypothesis is that the real problem in your life is distance and isolation. It's it sounds like you're from what you're saying that you grew up in a very distant home in which you didn't feel an emotional connection, that was your word, those those were your words. And what that leads to over time are attachment injuries. When you're growing up and you're feeling like no one really cares or no one's really paying attention or there's not enough warmth in your family, then your your brain develops in such a way that it makes it hard to trust other people and you will you, you'll likely end up feeling perpetually hurt and upset and rejected and neglected and when anyone does reject you you'll tend to react much more strongly because it's an it's an old wound that you had from growing up people often have a hard time recognizing this because when you're growing up, age four, five, and six, and beyond, it just feels like, well, this is normal life. You don't think about it as being abnormal. But if you're growing up in an environment that's very emotionally neglecting, then it is it is abnormal, and it's not it's not good for you, uh, not only for your psychological development, but your physical development. Um, so then when everything came to a head during the divorce, you're your dad divorces your mom and all this pain is reverberating through your family and all of a sudden your family can't ignore it anymore. There's been all this ongoing tension and distance but now, but at least before the divorce you could kind of pretend that the family was close but upon this divorce it, it really broke everyone out of their denial and, and all of your hurt and all of your anger decided to manifest itself, and you needed someone to target, and an easy target was your father. My guess is is that you don't feel comfortable enough to target your mother because, w- according to what you're saying, I, I think you would agree with me that you're both your parents are to blame for creating a family that doesn't have any warmth. So it's not it's your dad's fault, but it's also seemingly your mom's fault. Now, I'm not saying that you should be yelling at them per se, but if you want to if you have a bone to pick, I think you have a legitimate bone to pick with both of them. But anyway, you targeted your father, which is legitimate cuz, you know, you have a bone to pick with him. But all of your anger and all of your hurt came out toward your father. And I suspect that it doesn't have to do with the divorce as much as it has to do with the ongoing hurt that you experienced growing up and feeling neglected. Another uh, hypothesis that's related to this is that whenever you have a family that lacks in warmth, whenever you have children that feel as though they're not loved or not paid attention to, the children will resort to asking for things as a proxy for love and attention. And one of the things that they'll ask for as a proxy is money. When kids feel when kids are young, they'll reach out for emotional connection. They'll reach out for love and they'll reach out for attention. When they don't get that, then the kids start turning, they start asking for money. So kids when they're young, they'll reach out for love. And if they if they get that love, then they'll continue to reach out for love. And because they trust that they'll get it when you continually ask for love as a child and you continually don't get it, then you give up because you figure what's the point and you're just so hurt. It feels so much more vulnerable to ask for more for ask for love from somebody, including from your parents. And so instead of asking for love, you ask for money. And then the parents realize, oh, money is actually fairly easy to give out, especially if they have money. But even families that don't have money, I've seen this, they'll give out very little amounts of money. And what ends up happening is the families end up becoming ex- like almost obsessed with the transfer of money. You'll hear kids talking about, you know, my brother got $5 yesterday and I only got $3. You know, you'll hear these very petty arguments about who's getting enough money and what someone deserves in terms of money and you bought me a gift last Christmas that wasn't good enough. And now, you know, there's there's a lot of talk about money. And what families end up doing is they just end up fighting a lot about money. But what the original problem was, was just a lack of love. And And now the kids are using money as not only a replacement for love, but they're also using the topic of money as a replacement for talking about love. So when the kids are saying, you never give me money what they really mean is you never give me love but they but they don't know that consciously possibly and also it's just a lot easier and less vulnerable to yell at someone about money than to yell at someone about love and so i suspect patron again you know it's a lot of speculation here i suspect that this might have happened in your family because i've seen it before and so when they couldn't give you any more money because they're going through a divorce you were left facing the realization that not only are they going to stop giving you money, but you, you also are faced with the realization deep down that they never gave you love and they never gave you enough attention. And so all, all of those hurts and all those attachment injuries and all that pain came out and you uh, again focused on money you were looking at your dad and you're saying, I hate you because you're not providing me with money. So that's my suspicion because money is important, of course, but a billion times more important is love. And so when we feel that hurt, as you feel, I suspect deep down it's because of the lack of love. So that's my, that's my hypothesis. Now, What I'll say is you're clearly isolated. And so I think one of the problems here is that obviously you don't have any support or anyone close to you, Uh, you uh, you know, and and that's going to make anyone bitter. That's going to make anyone angry. So I recommend you continue reaching out as you did to this podcast, as you did to me. Uh, I also recommend you get a therapist, obviously. Also, I recommend you try to connect with a friend, choose one friend that you know, that, that you feel like you can trust the best and really sit down with them and tell them how you're feeling and tell them, look, I consider you to be a good friend and I'm feeling really alone right now and it would be great if I felt like I could just talk with you or call you or we could, or we could just hang out every now and then and I just need that distraction. I know you're married, I know you have a job, I know you have kids, but if we could have that, that'd be great. Uh, Most people, if you say that to them, they not only will follow through, but especially if you pick well, but they actually will feel very good that you picked them. Out of all the other friends that that you could have picked, you picked that person because you believe that person to be a nice person. And when someone chooses you like that, you tend to take pride in it and you tend to want to provide. And so uh, so I recommend doing that. What a lot of people do is, you know, they'll text their friend, hey, you want to hang out tonight? Or, hey, what you doing? Let's let's do something. You know, and that's fine. But that's a far cry from what I was saying earlier in terms of, hey, I'm going through a tough time. I, I need someone to talk to. Could Do you mind being that person? So so that's what I recommend. And then you have to cultivate that relationship. You have to make a an effort to keep a relationship consistent. Which which means a lot of different things. Like, you know, frequently contacting that person. It also means putting up with their bullshit when it emerges, <laughs> when they reveal their dark side. You have to cope with that. You can't run away. So that's another thing. You also have a brother who has been through a similar situation as you have, so maybe you could connect with him. You know, we're all alone in this life, and we're all suffering. And if you reach out to people, my guess is, is that they'll respond, but you have to trust that. And it will do a, do you a lot of good, because what I'm hearing is a lot of isolation, which is can't be good for the soul. The other thing I'll suggest is family therapy. I'm a family therapist. And occasionally adult people will bring in their parents. You know, you're 20, 24, 25, 26, or whatever. If you brought in your parents, that's family therapy. And it's not a very common request. You know, family therapy usually involves children and parents. But occasionally I'll get adult children and their parents. And and I'm here to tell you a lot of good can come from that. Imagine sitting down, you and your parents, maybe even your brother, and just talking it out over the span of six months. Every other week, you meet for an hour, and you just communicate, and a therapist helps you communicate. Imagine what could be done with that. It'll, it would be the best money you would ever spend in your life. Even once a month for six months. you know, Six good hour-long sessions would just do wonders. So, I recommend finding a family therapist. The last thing I'll say is that you you seem to be thinking as though in because I didn't read your entire email on the podcast and other other emails that we went back and forth together. You you were saying that you felt bad that you were so angry at your dad, and you felt bad that you had you had rejected him and that you cut yourself off from him. And the thing here is is you can do what you want to do. There's, there's no right or wrong to that. If you feel like in the end you just don't want to have contact with your dad because you're so angry and so hurt, then that's, that's your prerogative. That's absolutely your right. And so don't feel like there's a right or wrong answer to that one. You know, you're, you're a grown man now and you can make those choices. Uh, on the other hand, what I'll say is, is that, um, I suspect, strongly suspect that there's a way that you possibly with some help can change your family systems in such a way in which everyone wins. Uh, If, if, for instance, if I was your family therapist and all four of you came in, one of the things that I'd be doing would be to have people air their grievances uh, over time. The other thing I'd be doing is trying to help people understand that everyone is trying to love each other and everyone is trying to get love. I, I strongly suspect that your parents, including your dad, really, really wants to connect with you and really wants to have you know that they love you and have you know that they care. I mean, that's why your dad keeps reaching out. Now, it's a f- he might be doing it in a feeble attempt, but a long time ago, he could have just walked away, right? But... He, because he's a dad and because dads love their children, he's trying and so now I'm not saying that you're supposed to give into to that that's you know that, that's your choice, but over time or say over the next five to ten years, because that's how long these kind of things take, I suspect that there's a way that if you did it right, not only could you get apologies from your parent you know them apologizing to you for things that they did particularly for emotionally neglecting you as a child not only could you air your grievances and get a lot of things off your chest but in the end you could find that you have a a deep loving mutually caring relationship between you and your parents i have absolutely seen that in some ways you might even you know there's a there's a possible narrative to this in 10 years in which you look back at this time and you really thank your father for divorcing your mom because it woke your family up and made you face your problems for real and gave all four of you an opportunity to break free of the chains of where you'd been for two decades and create a brand new family system, one, one that is more communicative, one that is more caring, one that's more trusting. One that has routines that involve back and forth communication. You could start that ball rolling by instead of texting with your dad, just have a phone conversation. Let him have it. Tell him how you feel and give him a chance to respond. And maybe he doesn't respond well, but deep down, he loves you in all likelihood and he wants to do right by you. And so, and deep down, I think you want him to love you. Because, like as with all fathers, that be, all fathers love their kids, except for psychopaths. There's a small percentage, but but all non-psychopathic parents love their kids. All kids want love from their parents and want to love their parents, and so there's a chance. Now, it'll take time. It's not just one conversation. We're talking hundreds of conversations that that will likely need to occur. But think of the think of the benefits of that not only would you rid yourself of this of this monkey on your back about you know what to do about your father and feeling angry and resentful and bitter and guilty for having cutting him out of your life but the healing process that that would facilitate in your own psyche in your mind will make it such that you'll be able to trust people more You'll react better to slights from your friends. You'll have better self-esteem. You'll have lower depression. Of course, I can't guarantee those things, but I suspect that those are results that are possible. So there's so much fertile ground there. It takes work. It takes actual work, but it's not hard work like climbing a mountain, (laughs) Emotionally, it might feel like that, but it it's just having conversations. Just call your dad on the phone and have as honest as a conversation as you possibly can. And just keep doing that. That's what I would do if I was your therapist. I would just try to facilitate honest communication. If that means you being angry, then that's what it means. If it means both of you crying on the phone because of all the hurt that both of you have felt over the years. I mean, think of the hurt your dad has felt as a child. I mean, both your parents, when they were children, likely went through just as bad as you did, if not worse. And so they know what it's like in all likelihood to grow up in a very cold household. So I see tremendous hope, and I see tremendous healing that is possible. I'm not telling you you have to do it, I'm not telling you you're a bad person if you don't do it. You could walk away from your your relationship with your dad. There's a lot of other ways to wellness. There's a lot of other ways to heal that wound. But as a family therapist, I'm telling you, as a relational therapist, I'm telling you that when you go back to the original source, the healing is exponentially uh, expedited. When you go back to the original attachment figure, the the original object, the resonance in your psyche regarding the internal representations that can be bolstered and diminished in a healing way is tremendous. So uh, I, I recommend that, and obviously you can hire a family therapist to guide you in that. You can even go to a family therapist in individual therapy and they could guide you without, if, you, if you're worried about bringing your whole family into therapy, you can go to a family therapist and they can guide you on your visits or phone calls with your family. I've worked with many clients in that way. I work with a lot of students in that way. When, when therapists enter our training program, when students enter our training program, we help them to face their childhood issues with their parents. And it, it sometimes means that students choose to reach out to their parents and have these kinds of conversations. And so, uh, I've seen it a lot, and I'm here to tell you there's a lot of there's a lot of good things that can come from it. Again, not overnight. You could have one conversation; it could go horribly, and that's just part of the journey. But if you have a hundred conversations, in all likelihood, you're not going to regret it. it. But again, that's up to you. All right, Patreon, let me know how things are going, and everyone else, including Patreon, please take care of yourself because. You all deserve it. You really, really do.